Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the Fox Nomad Podcast. I'm your host, Fox Nomad. Let's get started right off the top of the show. I just want to let you know this is going to be a mostly corona-free zone because I'm pretty sure you've heard a little bit about this coronavirus going around, and maybe your ears, your brain is a little bit saturated with it. And obviously, by the time the podcast comes out, a lot may have happened. Usually for the mechanics of the podcast, what happens is I record the podcast. So let's say the podcast is an hour. I spend about that much time going over it. Basically, I do an entire listen through of the podcast and then I edit it. Not for content, really, but mostly for, for sound. Make sure that it sounds good. Get rid of all the background noise and make my voice sound oh so nice. So that takes about an hour and then it takes about that long for it to upload and process. So it's about a three, four hour process. And by the time it hits your phone, depending on when your phone updates podcasts, then, you know, it can take a couple of more hours after that. And uh, to be honest, like I thought we'd, we'd get into some lighter stuff today just to take a break. I kind of scrapped all the things I had planned for today's podcast, made a new plan. Um, so I will talk just a tiny bit about Corona, just a few minutes and then we'll move on. And I want to talk about it from the perspective of me as a blogger, YouTuber, podcaster, someone who develops apps. I wanted to talk about kind of the things that I've seen, maybe in a perspective that other people haven't shared or things that you may not have heard about as frequently. But for me, I've noticed that a ton of partnerships and a ton of advertisers have already pulled out. Um, <laughs> they've already canceled all their sort of advertising plans in the near term, I personally have had to cancel some flights. I was going to film a couple of events in Europe. I canceled those flights. I booked, you know, and I booked things very last minute. I booked those things. Um, I booked those things like maybe 10 days ago. And I've, I've just started to cancel those plans, which is unfortunate, but you know, it is what it is. Um, and then a lot of the conferences, the worldwide developer conference, things that I was going to attend have also been canceled. So pretty much holding pattern right now uh, in terms of, of at least travel plans. It seems like uh, that's going to be the case for a lot of people for a while in terms of recreational travel um, and in terms of events and stuff. So that's the situation that, that I'm just noticing. I just actually logged into the, the podcast portal here where, where the software that I use to upload. And I got a notification from the company about <laughs> about Corona um, podcasts. So, so they're making a bunch of different podcasts available um, for people who are educating the public about coronavirus. So it's just, you can't escape it. Um, I'm going to recommend one thing. There's the Joe Rogan Experience, it's episode number 1439 with Michael Osterholm. It came out two days ago, two or three days ago. He's an internationally recognized expert in infectious disease epidemiology. It's an hour-long podcast, but he answers about every question that you could have about coronavirus. It's very informative. It's long-form, so it's a podcast, which makes it easy to get that information because basically Joe can ask him these these questions and, and get these sort of longer-form answers. So it's a very satisfying way to answer all your questions about coronavirus. Um, so that's basically what I've noticed. I've just noticed my inbox has is basically just coronavirus stuff at this point. Um, so you probably noticed the same. Um, so travel plans um, being canceled and whatnot. But 
I thought I would get into something. This is the first podcast in March. So I wanted to get into something and uh, just sort of leave the corona behind for now. So I wanted to talk about this. I've got around this microphone here, I've got this red and white band. And I, I might post that on Instagram later today. But there's this sort of like... Um, it's it's a cloth band with red and white around it with two little threads on the end, both red and white. It's the first podcast in March. If you've been to Bulgaria, then you may have heard of Martinica. If you've been there in March, you've 100% heard of Martinica and seen it. So Martinica uh, is a tradition that has been going on for a very long time in Bulgaria. But basically what it is, is Martinica translates into Baba Marta, which is Grandmother March. And on the 1st of March, and leading up to the really like the last day of February, and on the 1st of March, you'll see all of these different uh, vendors on the streets selling these red and white bands. And so it's these red and white bands, red and white dolls, these small red and white bands with the little uh, tassels on the end. I think that's what those are called. And you see them everywhere i mean everywhere and basically those those ribbons are meant to be worn around your wrist and people give them to each other so it's meant for for good luck and good fortune in the coming spring and so you see everybody wearing this even businessmen i've seen i mean people that that you know might not traditionally wear any kind of jewelry or you know anything like that so you see these guys with you know like basically like you know, five, six centimeters of these Martinica on their wrist from people that have given them Martinica and they'll wear it. Um, everybody has it. Uh, it, it I, I, uh, I've seen it even in jujitsu classes, guys around with their, with their ankle even. So you see Martinica everywhere. And it starts on the 1st of March and it goes to the end of March. And Martinica, you wear these, um, these Martinica as they're called, you wear them until you, you wear them until you see a couple of things. So it can be whether you see a stork, which might seem a little bit random for you, depending on where you are in the world. But in Bulgaria, there are a lot of storks. And if you take a road trip, you'll even around in Sofia, if, but if you take a trip around the country, you'll see on, on uh, electric towers, you'll see storks making their huge, I mean, they make these crazy huge nests on the top of these like telephone poles and electric poles. So it's not an uncommon sight. So you'll wear Martinica until you see a stork or until you see a blossoming tree. And when you see a stork or a blossoming tree, then you take the Martinica off and you wrap it around uh, the nearest like tree branch or bush branch and you just tie it there. And so as March goes on, you start to see these Martinica being just sort of on tree, tree branches and wrapped everywhere. And as the trees are blossoming, it's a really lovely sight and it's a really nice tradition. It's It's something that uh, I always have a Martinica on me. I've I've traveled with one for many, many, many years. Uh, I've been gifted many. And uh, so I, it's, it's one of the things that's small enough for me to travel with. And I do keep them. Um, so it's it's a nice it's a nice tradition. Uh, I believe it goes back before Christianity even. Um, and so if you are in Bulgaria in March, you will experience Martinica. It's definitely an interesting time of the year to visit the country it's when it's slightly starting to get warmer it's 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 a good time of the year to go bulgaria is not a country that gets a lot of tourists but it's definitely a, a country that is really 
amazing for nature. It's the nature there is absolutely amazing. It's it's a very it's not a very large country, and the population is only six million. So in a lot of places, you really feel like you have the country to yourself. Um, getting to the major cities, the roads are yeah, decent. I mean, they're not great always, but um, you can easily rent a car and get around to from Sofia to Veliko Tarnovo to Varna to Burgas. There are all these places to go around Bulgaria, but if you love hiking, if you love skiing in the winter, if you love the, the outdoors, then Bulgaria has got to be one of the best countries in the world for it. It's it's absolutely great. It's not expensive. People are friendly in, in their in their way. Um, so they're not overtly smiley at first. Um, so that's something, you know, that, that, that can be a little bit jarring for some people, but people are very friendly. It's just a matter of reading how that friendliness comes across. Um, so March is a good time to go. It's Martinica time. You'll see everybody wearing those Martinica. If you have any Bulgarian friends, uh, wherever you happen to be, you may you may see uh, a red and white ribbon around their wrist. And I, I'm in Istanbul now, and uh, I was actually was actually at the gym yesterday, and I was on the treadmill, and it's kind of it's not on the second floor, but it's a little bit above street level. And I saw this lady walking a huge mastiff dog wearing a, a puma sweater. The dog was wearing the sweater, and I noticed that he had a Martinica on his collar, and she had one. Uh, a couple of them on her wrist as well, so you can you can uh, pick out the Bulgarians based on based on that in March. So I just wanted to share that with you, just a small little tradition, a little bit uh, of reasons why you might want to visit Bulgaria. But that should probably be its own episode. It's um, I, I I've got a lot to say about it, um, but great travel destination. And there you go. All right, so now. It is March, which does mean Martinica, but it also means best city to visit travel tournament. And we are in the thick of it. Now, this is one of the best um, city to visit contests. It's one of the best, best city to visit contests in a long time. And what I mean by that is every year the contest is absolutely unpredictable. So for those of you who don't know... Every year on my site for, oof, I gotta say, it's been over 10 years now that I've been doing this. So the best city to visit, visit travel tournament um, was an idea that I had based on March Madness in the U.S., which is a basketball tournament, which happens every year in March. And so I got this idea, ooh, 2009, I want to say. So I was like, all right, we'll ask readers We'll ask all of you what your favorite cities are. We'll take the first 64. We'll put them in a bracket. Everybody votes. And boom, there you go. And since that time, the contest has really taken a complete life of its own. It it has really evolved. It's gone viral multiple times. I go now. I didn't originally do it in the very, very beginning. Uh, but now I go to the city that wins the tournament every year. I will visit in 2020, one of these 16 cities. So we've had the first round, the second round, and now we're in the Sweet 16 of the Best City to Visit Travel Tournament. It's one of the most diverse groups of cities. So typically, European cities do very well. Africa is not very well represented usually. South American cities uh, are probably second worst in far, as far as representation goes in the tournament. Uh, and Asia and America kind of trade off spots, but Europe is 
is is always a is a contender. But this year, it has it's really probably the most diverse Sweet Sixteen in a long time. So we've got New York, we've got Sydney, we've got Carnega, Montevideo, Islamabad, Karachi, Singapore, and Amsterdam. That's on one side of the brackets. And then we've got Dubrovnik, Istanbul, we've got Seoul, we've got Antalya, Turkey, we've got Paris, we've got Florence, Barcelona, and Rome. And all of these right now races are extremely close. You can still vote through this Sunday. So if you're listening to this podcast, I'm recording this uh, early morning on uh, Friday and evening for all of you in the United States and Canada and that side of the world. So if you're hearing, if you're listening to this, you can still vote in the Sweet 16 and just keep in mind that the Elite Eight is happening on Tuesday. So the next round of votes are going to start on Tuesday. And I thought I'd give you a little sneak peek in terms of um, in terms of how the competition is going. So Islamabad, I knew going into this, and you probably you may have caught this hint from the previous podcast episode, but I knew going into this that Pakistan was going to do very well. Uh, if you haven't seen my latest YouTube videos, those have been very popular uh, from Pakistan, and those have sort of really touched upon, uh, it's really gotten the attention of people in Pakistan, which is great. Um, gotten a lot of feedback on those videos. And so I figured that with a lot of new viewers that Pakistan will probably do pretty well in this in this tournament. And that's certainly, certainly the case. So Pakistan is doing very well, but it's clearly, so far, it's not a front runner. So if I'm looking at the polls right now, I'm going to dig into these. Right now, the country or, well, yeah, the city-state to beat right now is Singapore. So Singapore right now, in every round, has been just crushing it. I mean, they have just been getting more votes than any other city by twice, two times. I don't know what's going on with Singapore, but they are really the front runner in the competition right now, as, as, I'll, as I'll call it. So they're getting the most votes. They're just crushing the competition. And they are going to go up against, right now it looks like Singapore is going to win. Singapore is against Amsterdam right now. And there's absolutely, unless something crazy happens, Amsterdam is, is probably going to be out of the competition in a couple of days. Singapore has a very strong lead. They've got more, not double, but a lot more. They've got the most votes of this round so far, of all the of all the rounds. So Singapore is now going to come up across. Probably it's going to probably be Islamabad. Islamabad also doing very well. It is, I guess, I don't know. It's kind of interesting that I thought Karachi would put up a, um, put up a better sort of put up a better fight. I'm trying to find that poll. So I thought Karachi would do a lot better, but Islamabad is definitely beating up on its uh, on its national neighbor. So it looks like we're going to get probably the two most popular cities in the competition right now that are going to be going head-to-head in the next round, which I can't wait for. I, I love this competition. I love that it's sort of making a travel plan for me without me having to make the travel plan. But I also love that it's so unpredictable every year. Everybody gets really pissed off. If if I get, you know, if I get any controversial emails throughout the year, they're almost always going to be based around the contest. And 
people who nominate cities too. So somebody tweeted at me. It was like, hey, why are people so pissed off about blah, blah, blah city? And I'm like, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure why they're upset with you. Um, just because you tweeted support for a, a, a city. It, it's really interesting to me. So I like it. I like not knowing. I think you guys enjoy it as well. I think you like the competition. And I'm just looking for this Islamabad poll. Yeah, so things people complain about is the voting system. Uh, every year it's a little bit confusing. And I'm sorry about that, but it's it's hard to it's hard to authenticate anonymous people on the internet. So there you go. All right. So, ooh, 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 interesting. So Islamabad has more total votes than Singapore, but it's close. Now they're not head to head right now. Islamabad is going to beat Karachi again, pending, pending some sort of best city miracle. Um, but it looks like we're going to get the two cities with the two most number of votes so far in the tournament, in this round of the tournament, head to head next week on Tuesday. So I can't wait for that. That's going to be uh, Singapore versus Islamabad. It's going to be a great sort of competition. Um, it would be interesting to go back to either place. So up until, really up until Granada won the best city to visit travel tournament, every year the city that had won I had never been to. But since that time, Granada has won two times in a row. London won last year. I had already been to those cities. And I had been to London. I think I've been to London. Pfft for easily more than 10 times. Um, so it was interesting to go back after the 10th time and see a city that I have been to very frequently. So I know London fairly well. I mean, you know, as far as a, as a tourist goes, um, so I can just pop in. I've been enough times where I know different parts of the city and I know people there. Singapore, I it's been a long time since I've been to Singapore. Um, not a super long time, less than 10 years, but it's been a while. Um, so it'd be interesting to go back to Singapore and eat street food. So pretty much all I did when I was there, I just basically went from food center to food stall and just ate everything. It's one of the best cities in the world for that. But Islamabad would be interesting to go back to since I was literally just there two months ago. So that would be very interesting. Um, I'm also noticing that Montevideo, Cartagena, Cartagena, sorry, Cartagena and Montevideo are also very close. Montevideo took out a huge lead uh, at the beginning of this round, but it looks like the gap is closing. So I do see a lot of tweets um, for Montevideo happening. So I don't know where that campaign is starting. I don't know if it's the person who nominated or what's going on there. So that will be very interesting as well. And that it's kind of nice to see a South American city get this far in the tournament. So there's definitely going to be one of those two cities that are going to make it to the elite eight, which is very, very nice because typically South American cities there are not as many in the original, in the first 64, so it means as not as many get as far in the tournament usually. So that will be very interesting. We might actually get a South American Final Four. Uh, but, you know, that's jumping ahead two weeks. Uh, New York and Sydney, let's see how those two are doing. So we've got New York and Sydney. Sydney right now is leading. It's not insurmountable for New York, but uh, it looks like, yeah, it looks like the recent votes... It looks like New York is trying to catch up to Sydney. So if I'd say the trend is toward New York, but right now Sydney has a, a solid lead. I wouldn't say it's comfortable. They could easily lose that lead. That's a pretty solid lead. 
Uh, let's go to the next poll. What do we got here? We've got... All right, we've got a city that has always, almost always makes it to the final four. It's the city I happen to be in right now. Istanbul, Turkey is beating Dubrovnik. However, Dubrovnik is like with a passion trying to catch up. And it was looking like it was going to be a runaway for Istanbul. But Dubrovnik is, I'm looking at these numbers and it looks like they are just sort of hot on the heels of Istanbul. But I It's going to be tight. If you are a Dubrovnik fan, if that's what you think is the best city to visit in 2020, then you got to go over and vote. You can still do it. You can still do it. And uh, But it will be interesting to see what Istanbul does this year. It's a city that really always, almost always gets to the final four, but they just, just can't pull it off. Um, I think last year was probably the closest that Istanbul got to actually winning everything. But we will see. So they are still out there in the hunt. Seoul just took overtook Antalya, Turkey. So it was Antalya all the way. And the last votes have gone all toward Seoul. Right now it's very, very close. Only a few votes between them. So that will be interesting to see. I have no way to call that one. I think it's going to be... Uh, I don't know. I haven't been to Seoul yet, so... You know, I don't root for cities. I'm officially unbiased. But Seoul would be a nice trip. I'm just saying, just putting it out there. But whatever you guys pick, I will go there. Um, On the European side, I haven't really talked a lot about European cities. We've got Paris, France, in case you didn't know, and Florence, Italy. Right now, those are neck and neck. So that can go either way. Paris was leading, Florence took over, then Paris came back and now Florence has a slight lead and right now the most recent votes are mm, so the most yeah it's sort of back and forth it's hard to say where the trend is I think I mean it's pretty evenly matched right now Paris typically does very well in the best city to visit tournament they usually get to the elite eight and that's where they kind of fizzle out um, but you never know getting there is one of the hardest parts so For those of you who enter a city in the best city to visit travel tournaments, some cities do very well, so they're very predictable in terms of how far they'll go. But when it gets to these later stages, it's really all about matchups and momentum. And clearly some cities have some momentum. Uh, Rome, it just, wow. Wow, Rome just made a huge stride, huge jumps now to take over the lead against Barcelona. So that will be very interesting. A lot of Italy love. Um, I think they could use it probably right now, considering the travel situation. But I'm going to guess that all of this gets cleared up at some point, not in the too distant future, and we will all be traveling again. Um, so any one of these cities is still game. I'll leave a link down in the show notes below so you can vote for any of these. Remember, we've got New York versus Sydney. We've got... Oh, <laughs> That was a weird brain pause very early. Uh, Cartagena versus Montevideo. We've got Islamabad versus Karachi. Singapore versus Amsterdam. Dubrovnik versus Istanbul. Seoul versus Antalya. We've got Paris and Florence. And we've got Barcelona versus Rome. And that's the latest date of the best city to visit travel tournament, Suite 16. All right, so I want to leave you with a book recommendation this week. It's a book that I just read. Um, it's by Brian Greene, who's an astrophysicist. I've been a big fan of Brian Greene since I read 
his first book over 20 years ago. Brian Greene is just absolutely amazing at getting across technical information in a way that it doesn't sound technical and that you can relate to it and that it's interesting. And it also has that kind of, that little bit of sort of the mystical quality. I'm not saying that it's, you know, it's pure science, but he has that kind of thing that Neil deGrasse Tyson has, that sort of that passion that puts things in con- context, you know, like when, you, when you're when you learning about the universe, really puts things in context as far as a human being, as far as we go. Um, so I want to recommend his book. It's called Until the End of Time. It's one of the best books that I've read recently. It's one of the most interesting. It's one of those kind of books that you just open it up and you go through it. Now, I love physics. This is not a book that is for people. It's not a physics. I mean, it is a physics book, but it's not super technical and science heavy. It it gets across information um, in a manner that, you know, that basically explains the start. So from the Big Bang all the way until where the universe will go. Now, you probably know about the Big Bang or you have some some idea of it. And so that part of the story is probably familiar to a lot of you, although you'll learn a lot of new information in this book about it. Um, a lot of ways to contextualize it that I, I didn't know or I didn't look at it in this way, but the end is super interesting to me. So if you just fast forward to the end of the universe, um, by quote, end of the universe, it's absolutely fascinating. It will It will make you ponder a lot of things. It's just one of those books you read it and you just start thinking about all these possible like situations and, and all these cosmic arrangements and just existence. It's a really great book. It's called Until the End of Time, Matter, Mind, and Our Search for Meaning in an Evolving Universe. It's by Brian Greene. I highly recommend that you read it. It's it's a great book. There's also an audiobook version as well. And I believe Brian Greene uh, reads the audiobook version, which is awesome because he's just such a great, he's just such a great communicator. Um, so it's a book that I highly recommend. And I wanted to leave you with that in this somewhat shortened episode of the podcast. Thanks very much. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back in two weeks with two weeks with the next episode we're gonna have a couple of surprise episodes but those are on hold i hope that you are washing your hands staying safe and not getting too freaked out if you had to cancel some plans you'll get to travel again soon hopefully those were recreational plans um and i think travel industry is going to make a huge bounce back so you're going to see a lot of good deals when when things calm down so we'll be looking forward to that and you know in 2020 there's going to be one city that I'm going to be visiting and that you might want to visit too. That many people are telling you it's the best city to visit. Well, it might be worth it to put it on your travel plans. Thank you again for listening and I'll talk to you in the next episode.